Hey, friends and fam, it's John, and this is JMartCast, your destination for Monday morning insight about physical and financial health. Hope you've had a great week. Coming at you a bit late here, recording on Monday evening. Hopefully, I'll get this out before the end of day so that I can stick to my <laughs> claim that this is actually a Monday morning show. Well, Monday show, definitely not a Monday morning show. Anyways, as I said, physical and financial health. Physical health, because I'm a personal trainer, that was my first passion, and financial health, because we live in a fiat world, and while that seems normal, because that's what we've grown up with and what we've known all of our lives, that's not how nature works. Things don't just work by decree. It's pretty obvious when we think about that with regards to physical health. You can't just by decree be like, I'm really strong and not actually do the hard work behind getting really strong. You can't just say I'm really flexible without actually spending time stretching yourself and working at end ranges to actually get flexible. Well, I think that applies to financial health also. You can't just simply say, well, here's just new money out of thin air and expect that that's going to actually work out and be good overall for people. It's just, it doesn't make any, any sense. And therefore, once you open up your eyes to that and see the problem and start looking for solutions, Bitcoin comes up as the solution for that. So physical and financial health, physical health. I'll talk more, a little bit more about what I think encapsulates physical health, but a lot of physical activity and nutrition are the two main components. There's more, obviously, than financial health. Choosing to opt out of the fiat system and uh, going for alternative models, best one being Bitcoin. Let's go to health. Let's go discuss that first. I recently had a friend reach out and ask me what I thought of Peter Atia's approach to nutrition and exercise. So who is Peter Atia? He is a medical doctor who has a, uh, who's pretty popular on the online world. He's got a pretty popular podcast that covers health and medicine called The Drive. He also just recently published the, a best-selling book called Outlive, and it's about um, like longevity, what to do to live a long life. So my friend essentially just recently got the book and is reading through it, and so she wanted to have my little assessment, I guess, on what I thought of his approach to longevity through specifically about uh, nutrition and exercise. So my response was, first, I would just took the time to thank her for like asking me and giving my response some value in her consideration. And then what I said was that I generally think that uh, Peter Atia is generally a good resource for real knowledge about how to be healthy and live a long life because he's a big proponent of using, using physical activity and nutrition as the two main levers under your control to achieve health and, health and longevity. But over the years of following him, I've come to realize that while he's very different from most medically trained doctors, he's still beholden to some of the dogma that uh, he's gotten from his medical training that he just can't let go of yet. 
so two specific examples that came to mind. First is his reliance on statin inhibitors to bring down LDL, low density lipoprotein cholesterol. In my opinion, like statin inhibitors are not very good drugs. Uh, they have a lot of dangerous side effects. Um, and they are actually capable of doing what they say they do, which is bring down LDL cholesterol, the measurement for it. However, it's never actually been shown that by doing that, you're actually reducing the risk of cardiovascular disease. Uh, like LDL cholesterol, anytime there's been, um, like we generally think of LDL cholesterol as a risk factor for cardiovascular disease, but anytime there's been a measurable increase of that marker, that's actually never been shown to have a negative health outcome. Uh, my biggest uh, kind of example of this is the Minnesota coronary experiment. I've done like a whole podcast about the Minnesota coronary experiment. So you can look through my state of health podcast episodes and uh, you'll find one about that there. Um, the second thing about Peter Atia, that's like a very blatant example of like how he still just believes a lot of, you know, dogma or not necessarily true uh, stuff that he's learned from <clears throat> his training is that he's very cavalier about taking and prescribing drugs in general, which is very true to being a medical doctor, right? That's kind of what doctors do is they learn how much and when to prescribe which drugs. Uh, and I definitely think there's a time and a place for that for pharmaceuticals. But from what I've been able to understand from following him over the years is that he's very much okay with patients who don't have anything wrong with them taking uh, pharmaceuticals that are pretty potent. So for example, for a long time, he was talking about metformin, <clears throat> which is a drug for diabetics, that that could possibly be something that normal, not uh, diabetic, healthy people could take as something that promotes longevity. And I just think that doesn't make any sense. Like, I think the precautionary principle is a more prudent thing to apply if your goal is longevity. Um, you know, there's there's some more nuance to that, obviously. Like, you know, I'm not opposed to taking supplements as a healthy individual, but you know, then the line between what what's a supplement and what's a pharmaceutical can become quite thin. So, anyways, that was kind of the end. I'm definitely elaborating a little bit more as I'm talking about this on the podcast, but that was pretty much what I told her as my response. And I asked if she had any further questions to let me know. So my friend did thank me for my response. And then she did go on to say that as she's reading the book, she's really interested in the author or Peter Rutia's overall approach, specifically exercise being the most important. And then nutrition kind of falling into second place and then sleep and emotional health being also important and areas that are often ignored but important. She also went on to say that for his approach to exercise, she found it really interesting because it covered a lot of uh, different uh, areas such as like zone two training for aerobic efficiency, also strength and stability uh, components are something that he also promotes as well. And then with regards to nutrition, she, she seemed to find that his approach to nutrition um, was promoting not getting stuck on details too much, and it seemed quite common sense and not too crazy for her. 
Um, so as a response to kind of those things that she said to me, what I said was that I think generally speaking, Peter Atiyah has got a very similar framework to how I think about achieving optimal health. And this is what I do. I categorize it like this. My pillars for health are physical activity, nutrition, sleep, breathing, the environment you're living in, and your social connections. I think optimizing those buckets will result in better health outcomes for everyone. However, prioritizing which buckets to optimize and how to do that, how to actually do the optimization is how we take an individual approach to health. And while I like that Atia pushes physical activity above all the other kind of buckets as like a personal trainer, yeah, that's very appealing to me, but I'm not so sure that it's actually true. It's a good thing for everyone. You know, some people already have an active lifestyle, let's say, and perhaps they don't need to optimize physical activity, but instead they actually need to look at what they're eating as a more important factor in all the things they could be uh, changing for improving their health. Or they might need to consider some toxic exposure that they might not even be aware of, but it's it's there in their house or perhaps at work, and that's affecting their health. Then it doesn't matter how much physical activity you're doing. You need to limit the exposure to this toxic uh, whatever component, right? Then you might have some other people doing everything perfectly, but maybe they're mouth breathers and they don't, they don't even know it. You know, that then... That needs to be, that's the number one thing that needs to be improved, right, or changed. Then there's the people who are just lonely because of the lack of any meaningful relationships in their life, and that results in chronic anxiety or stress, and that could lead to poor health outcomes. And then, so each person has an individual thing about them that needs to be addressed, and you can't just apply the same rubric or framework on everybody. And then for exercise, <clears throat> I said, I know Atia puts a lot of emphasis on zone two training because of mitochondrial health. And I think zone two is great, actually. That's mostly the, the approach that I took uh, last year to get ready for my half marathon. But again, I'm not sure it's the end all be all like the way that he promotes it. I just I honestly I think it must be just a, a framework that you need to sell books is you have to be like, this is the most important thing. Just pay attention to this one thing, and then boom, you're change your life around and sell, you know, thousands and thousands of thousands of copies of books. That seems to be the game. Um, again, here's my framework for how to think about physical activity. I think the number one most important important thing is to find an activity that's like a game or something that you love, and do that as much as possible. And then hopefully whatever game you find, it, it incorporates different aspects of fitness, like needing to be strong or flexible. You might need to have good endurance, good balance, agility, whatever it is. Those are the qualities that then you're going to start to hone in and, and try to improve and, and to get better at this game or sport that you do. And then you try to do that at activity as much as you can, but also... You want to develop a daily movement practice that supports that activity so that you can do that into the late years of your life, right? So you need to train aspects of the sport or the or the game to make yourself better at it. 
but you can also train your body to undo some of the repetitive movement that the sport forces you to do, right? If you're constantly, let's say, flexing your spine like how I am when I do jujitsu, I spend a lot of time then uh, doing a lot of extensions as a way to undo the repetitive flexing movement on my spine. You can also, so I already mentioned, you do things to help train aspects of the sport. You do things to undo some of the repetitive movement that you do from the sport. And then you also can train in your daily movement practice, building strength and resiliency at the end ranges of movement. So in short, you can do stretching, but also strengthening at the end ranges of those stretching movements. If you do do all those three during your movement daily movement practice, then you can make your body feel healthy and capable of being able to do that fun activity that you really enjoy for as long as possible. That's my framework for physical activity. And then she had mentioned in a later message something about like finding fasting and keto kind of crazy things to do. And so just regarding that, I kind of addressed that by saying like for nutrition, I think fasting, I think of fasting and keto as tools in the toolbox. No, every tool has a right and many wrong ways of being used. So it's just, a, it's up to you. It's your responsibility of figuring out what are the right and wrong, what are the right ways of using fasting and keto diets and how they, that would specifically apply to you. And then, you know, if you want to, you can try it out. If anyone listening to this has ever thought about keto, I've written about keto two times. You can check out my Medium article about it. The link to my Medium will be in the description of this podcast, so check that out. I've done it two times uh, for a whole month, and I uh, recorded my pre and post kind of diet, what I looked like physically, weight-wise, body fat composition-wise, and uh, also wrote about how I felt and kind of what kinds of recipes I used when, while I was doing the diet. So please check that out if you're interested. All right. So that was my conversation with my friend about Dr. Peter Atia, what I think of him, what I think about his approach to physical ex- activity and nutrition and what my personal opinions, opinions on those topics are. I hope you found that helpful. As I was thinking about all this stuff, actually, I was just thinking about how privileged and lucky I am to live the life that I do, that I can ponder these things so deeply and really, um, you know, spend a large part of my life digging deep, trying to uncover the truth behind what it is to be healthy, to be fit. How do we achieve it through physical fitness, nutrition, or some of the other avenues? It truly is a blessing to, to have like as good of a life as easy of a life that I do that I can actually pursue this as a passion you know I'm not like some person who's like living in Ukraine or you know Palestine whatever all these places happening in the world where these are not top of mind things for people right so yeah just reflecting on how lucky it is to be me (laughs) and live the life that I do just want to I always, uh, you know, leave off the podcast with stay grateful or be grateful. So stay active, be grateful and, you know, uh, hard to be grateful all the time. But every once in a while, the the thought does strike me deeply as well. And it is a humbling one and one that I'm forever grateful for, for sure. 
Another thing I'm very grateful for is the fact that I didn't get sick this week, even though my wife and my kids did. So my wife's been going through the ringer. She got sick through Christmas, which was strep throat, I'm pretty sure. Her and I got that both, actually, and one of the kids. I'm pretty sure one of the kids got it from school but didn't actually get sick, got home and infected everybody else, and then the rest of us got um, um, strep throat. And then we got better, but my wife immediately got sick again, this time with a viral infection, just a regular cold most likely, and then she got the kids. But I escaped it, and I'm pretty sure I almost got sick because one of the days I felt my throat getting sore, a little bit of congestion, but I was paying attention. Very early on, as soon as I felt something was off, I started the zinc lozenges that I've been talking about, and boom, it worked like a charm. It cut, caught the cold and just put a rest to it. And in like three days of zinc lozenging, there was all the symptoms were like, they were always just super mild, if anything, and they're just gone. So pretty happy with that. So thank you for having <laughs> zinc lozenges in the world that, that work. Uh, Life Extensions brand, if anyone's interested, check those out. They work so well. And another thing I'm very grateful for, for is my injury. I had an ankle injury, which was a minor one, but it happened. Luckily, it happened after the half marathon, but that's pretty much behind me now. I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm fully recovered from it, but recovered enough where I don't have any like awkwardness in my right ankle anymore, any, any light pain or anything like that. It's all gone. And... <clears throat> Uh, how long did it take? I can't remember. I think I heard it right before Christmas. And now that it's mid-January, it's probably been like about a month, feeling a lot better. Um, what had happened was I rolled my ankle so that like, um, if you imagine the top of the foot goes to the outside of the body and the bottom of the foot goes to the inside of the body. And it rolled that way and actually got caught between the mat and my opponent's, I was doing jujitsu, my opponent's leg. And it just kept going, twisting, even though there's no room. And, and yeah, I had probably a minor like tear on like a ankle ligament, minor sprain. Uh, but I could put weight on it. I could move like most of the function was not lost, but it tightened up quite a bit uh, immediately after and. It was swollen for a while, but I just kept moving it, kept doing as much as I could, felt the pain as much as possible and would like try to move into the pain a little bit, would back off um, pretty quickly. Um, like if we were to have a pain scale, zero being not very painful and 10 being the highest pain, I would always stop around five, six at most, um, like basically push into the pain about halfway of what I could like handle and then no more than that and then just kind of move around and find the borders of where the pain would start and just try to do as much movement as I could without the pain uh, coming on so that uh, I could just get a lot of blood flow to the region. And also through movement, I would send a signal to the region for modeling the new tissue that would be built, that would be rebuilding, regrowing and repairing the, the region, right? Whatever tear that or happened in during that sprain, there's going to be new tissue 
filling it and repairing it. And it needs information as to how to model that new tissue. Uh, and so movement is the best way to give it that information. Yeah, so a lot to be thankful for this week. All right, let's talk a little bit of financial health. Let's do a quick Bitcoin update. Going to bitbo.io, we see that Bitcoin is sitting on block height 825,961. Bitcoin is trading at the price of 42,674 US dollars. Remember, one Bitcoin can be subdivided 100 million times, just like how $1 can be divided into 100 cents. One Bitcoin can be divided into 100 million, what's called sats, the small subunit of a Bitcoin. Oh, and also I'd like to mention this, that if you want to support the show, there's these podcasting 2.0 apps out there. They're called, examples of them are, one's called Fountain, another one's called Breeze. Another one's called Podverse, and you can download these apps and listen to podcasts with them. But they have like a little Bitcoin wallet associated with the podcast app. So when you're listening to a podcast, you can send some Bitcoin to the podcast you're listening to as long as they have it enabled. They they can receive it, which I've done for my podcast. So feel free to listen with those podcasts and send some uh, sats or Bitcoin my way. By the way, if you don't have any Bitcoin feel free to let me know and I'll send some into your podcast wallet for you to play around with and check it out. I've done that for some friends. Happy to help out. But yeah, regarding Bitcoin, the big news recently has been that the Bitcoin ETFs in the United States have been approved and they're trading now. Um, All I have to say about that is Bitcoin ETFs are not a good way to hold Bitcoin because they're basically IOUs that these third-party custodians will hold for you. Some people might prefer that because they like somebody else holding their money for them, but that's not a self-sovereign way of doing things. And so I think this is good news overall for the Bitcoin world because it gives legitimacy that there's this Bitcoin ETF that's been approved by the SEC, right? Securities and Exchanges Commission or whatever the hell they're called. But ultimately, this is a crap product. It's meant for like suits and, you know, institutional investors, not retail investors like regular people like you and I. So if you are a regular person and want to get exposed to Bitcoin, just buy some Bitcoin from an exchange. Bull Bitcoin, which is a Canadian exchange, is a great one to try. ShakePay is a good one. And so buy some Bitcoin take it into self-custody. If you don't know how, reach out to your boy Jmart. He will show you how to. It's pretty simple. Um, Yeah, let's just take care of it. Set yourself up so that you are well prepared for, you know, when you might need Bitcoin in a decade or so. (laughs) All right. With all that said, I think we've come to the end of the podcast. Um, Thank you so much for joining me again this week. I appreciate you all please leave a comment or send me a message at jmartfit at substack.com. You can also reach me through social media. I'm on Noster. All the links are in the description. Love you all. Have a good week. Stay active. Be grateful. Jmart out. Jmart out.